Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Personal Best Podcast with me, Ruby Lola. My guest today is Will Bailey. He is a fitness content creator and an online coach. And in this conversation, we discuss why Will started training in the gym, his thoughts on motivation, how he went from a coffee barista to building his dream career, what it's like working with Gymshark, his experience with dating and online hate, and so much more. I really loved this conversation with Will. I've followed him online for a while now, but it was really nice to just sit down and talk for nearly an hour on so many different topics. I also filmed this episode in a studio, so if you want to watch me looking very nervous in front of a camera, you can head over to YouTube and watch it there. But I really, really hope you enjoy this conversation. So let's get on with the episode. Will Bailey, welcome to the Personal Best Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? Good. I'm excited for this. Yeah. Nice setup. Okay. So I want to start at the beginning of your fitness journey. Um, so can you tell me what made you start the gym? The gym? A um, whole number of reasons. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll rattle through them and then I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down. So there was girls, obviously a big one. Want to impress girls when you're, when you're at school and you want to be the muscly one and hopefully all the girls like you. Um I had military aspirations, so again, it was uh, fitness. I wanted to be as fit, as strong as possible to to join the military, um, to make my parents proud, to to look after my brothers. I've got two younger brothers um, who often got bullied at school, so I, I felt like I had responsibility to look after them. Um, but I think I think the main thing that drove me from a young age was was the military aspirations. Like I was so set on joining the military from such a young age that everything in my life, from sort of thirteen to 18 was just geared towards being as strong as I could be, as fit as I could be, and as as good as I could be, essentially. Yeah, because I, before this conversation today, I was looking at your social media profile, 
And I saw you'd replied to a comment. Someone had asked, how long have you been going to the gym? And you said, oh, nine years. And I was trying to do the maths in my head. I was like, you probably started at 18. So now he's 27, but he doesn't look 27. And I didn't realize how young you actually were when you first started training. Yeah, so weight training specifically was was 14. Like like the bodybuilding aesthetic to get me to where I am now was sort of 14 years old. I went to the gym with my dad at like I, I had to go with him because I was too young. You had to be 16 or whatever. So I used to go with him. Um, but yeah, like body conditioning for me was from about seven or eight because I, I, I did martial arts. Um, so that that really built my foundations, got got my black belt. Um, so it, like I said, like loads of press-ups, sit-ups, um, all these sorts of things to, to give me a good foundation. And then once I realized that the military was the was the goal, it, I sort of flipped from sports to, to more fitness and gym and weights and that sort of thing yeah so with the military training then did you actually enter the military at one point yeah yeah so 16 well 15 and 11 months I'm gonna say wow. joined the Royal Marines I was the youngest that year to join well to, to pass selection um yeah it, it was it's absolutely brutal like the, the Royal Marines is like the um they, they call themselves the, the toughest well they are the, the toughest fighting force in NATO and like that the hardest to get into so like I said, if everything wasn't geared towards that, I wouldn't have been able to to do that and to pass selection. Um, and then once once you join that, the, you, you just take a, a massive step. It's not one step in fitness; it's like ten steps. You're you're running up and down hills. You've got guys on your backs. You've got seventy kilo Bergens on. You've got rifles, underwater tunnels, like everything. It was crazy. Yeah. And yeah. did you? So why didn't you keep going with that then? Again, th- there was a lot of reasons to that injury. So I was, like I said, I was quite young and I was still growing. Obviously, fifteen, sixteen. Um, took a big toll on my lower back, which meant going down the line, I couldn't do everything that I, I was required to do. And also because I was so young, I think the next youngest guy in my troop was like 24, right? Wow. So eight years different. So I was really like the, the young brother of, of the whole, of the whole troop. And then um, that, that took its toll on me, not, not in terms of the fitness side of it, but in terms of the, the admin side. So there's a lot of, you know, in the military, you have to do all your own ironing. You have to look after yourself it's a lot of self-care self-admin and, and that was what got me the fitness side I loved and I was good at that and I was exceeding at that but the folding and washing my yeah. clothes and ironing at, at 15 I was like oh, I can't I can't do it so I had a it, friend doing a similar thing and I know they're really strict about making your bed and so he just slept on the floor every my, night my dad did the exact same because he was in the army as well he was terrified to sleep on the bed so he'd sleep next to it, <laughs> next to it on the floor yeah okay so you left that then mm-hmm. I'm guessing and you're still going to the gym Something I really want to know is obviously there's reasons why you started, but what are the reasons why you've kept going? What's kept you training in the gym? Kept me training in the gym. Um, so so yeah, left the Marines and I was obviously in good shape. I was a lot skinnier, leaner and skinnier than I am now. Less weight, maybe about nearly ninety kilos now was probably seventy five then. So so I've put on a lot of weight since then. But I, I I felt like I looked good. Like you know, my, I had chest, I had six pack, I had I was fit, I could do this, I could do press ups, I could run. Um, and that, that makes you feel good. That, that made me feel good. So I, I wanted to keep that up. Um, also wanted to pack on some more size, you know, now I wasn't running as much. I could put more effort towards getting bigger, getting stronger. Um, so yeah, going into college and, and university, that's, that, that was the focus to, to build myself up, to be bigger, to be stronger, to look better, um, to, yeah, you know, be, just be more happy with my physique. Yeah. Because I think at that age as well, you're in a very unique position there because I know from my experience of hanging around with mates at school, 
nobody else was really focused on that. I mean, there were the boys that played football and the girls that played netball, but most of the time we were just dossing about in the park after school, whereas you clearly had that innate drive to want to be better physically but push yourself as well. Yeah. Where do you think that drive's come from? I think that drive has come from, I, I've said this before, a lot from my dad. He he pushed me to, to do a lot of these things. Also, the friends I had at school, so there were there were five of us who were really close. We all played rugby. We all used to go to the gym together. Um, we all used to hang out together. So that was a sort of sort of sort of like alpha male, who's the best. Sort of everyone's competing, but obviously in a friendly, respectful way. Um, and then, yeah, just just also, I think being, looking after my brothers, looking after people who I care about, and knowing that I have that ability to. <laughs> it sounds bad to say, but, but but be there for people and and have the strength and the presence to help people and you know you know what I'm trying to say to, yeah, to be that, I think to be that's, that person. I yeah. think that's very respectable. Yeah. And it obviously building muscle is it looks good physically, but it makes you feel confident and it makes you feel like, yeah, you can protect those around yeah. you if you need to. Mm-hmm. I saw that you posted an Instagram reel or maybe it was a TikTok and there were two different parts of the video. And it was, the caption was same guy, different mindset. And I think the first clips, it was videos of you like eating takeaways, drinking, hanging around with girls. Mm -hmm. And then the second part was you in the gym, training. Can you just talk us through that transition? What was that shift in mindset that kind of instigated that change, do you think? I think, um, so my mindset changed a lot. So I was in a relationship for a long time. Uh, It was like three years, three and a half years. And we broke up, I'm going to say summer 21. Um, and I was, I, it was a bad breakup, fresh out relationship. And I was like, right, I think the next week I went to Ibiza with a few of my mates and it, that summer, it wasn't a downward spiral, but I, I definitely noticed a change in me. Like I, I was drinking a bit more, going out, um, spending time with girls, doing all this sort of stuff. And towards the end of that summer, and definitely as I reflected on it more, it made me realize that, yeah, obviously it was fun and everyone has those periods of time, but it's not the person that I am or, or want to be. So the, the realization of that made me flip that mindset to okay let's let's get focused now you've had your fun put put the time and effort into the gym put the time and effort into your business into mm. content social media and and see what you can do it's really interesting that because I think with a breakup people tend to go one of two ways where it's like okay now's the time to put the work and I'm going to work hard I'm going to go to the gym I'm going to you know, reduce social plans or you kind of go the other way where it's like, I'm just going to go out drinking, you know, I need to forget about the ex. And I can relate so much. Like I went through a breakup recently and I did instigate it. So I wasn't heartbroken, but I thought I have so much time and energy now to like focus on things that I want to focus on, whether it be this podcast or training in the gym a bit more. And so, yeah, I get that completely. So just moving on from the fitness side then, what, made you start creating content for social media when did that start why was that a decision that started um during university the the fitness aspect of it I think during lockdown I I started TikTok and um I'm quite good at doing my accent so my first sort of 15 20,000 followers on on TikTok came from me doing stupid accent videos (laughs) and like accent challenges all this sort of weird stuff um stopped that for whatever reason got to university met Sam and James who I'm best mates with now and they were already doing this, the fitness TikTok, the YouTube, everything like that. And and started hanging around with them. And they were like, you know, you've got a decent platform on TikTok. Why don't you start posting and doing all this fitness stuff? Because you, you clearly enjoy it and you're into it. So, OK, I'll give it a go. Started doing it. And, you know, we, we got closer and closer as a trio. And 
yeah, it's been now I'm here. That's great that you had those positive influences and yeah. someone who was actually encouraging you to clearly they saw something in you and they thought you should be the one that's also creating the content. Yeah. Was there anyone else in your life that was perhaps discouraging of that and didn't really get it? Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say Sam and James are definitely the reason that I'm here where I am because they they gave me that initial boost. But um, <clears throat> yeah, especially with not so much at university because people understood it at uni because of the type of uni it was, Loughborough Uni, people, loads of people were doing it anyway, so, so it was the norm. But when I used to go back home for Christmas or summer or Easter or whatever, friends from back home um would yeah they were they weren't nasty but they weren't encouraging so it was sort of like a head down when you go back for the holidays and you just sort of you, you I, I went out a lot considerably less and and made effort with friends because I knew I would just get stick because oh you want to be like him you want to do this you want to do that mm-hmm. and yeah it's, it's obviously not nice so I, I did lose a lot of friends over that I, I just distanced myself from people but um yeah obviously it's, it's paid off in the long run so yeah who cares I heard that you mentioned in a different podcast about your dad was quite skeptical when you decided that you wanted to do fitness content. Can you just talk us through what happened there? Yeah, so he's a he's a businessman, London, you know, old school generation. Um, he, I, I did a politics and economics degree at uni, and he was he was very set on me graduating uni, getting a good degree, and then Ex prime minister. Yeah, yeah, going straight <laughs> into London and getting a good job at a either working with him or you know a, a similar kind of firm or whatever it was um and I, I, I was willing to do that for the first two years until third year of uni when tiktok started to do okay a few paid things started to come in instagram was growing started to notice a few different things and i was like right I, I should really start to explore this avenue and it made me want to do this job in london less and less and less um until it was about two months Two months before I graduated, I had the discussion with my dad. I was like, look, like, I just do not want to go to London. It's, it's not for me. I, I enjoy making content. I enjoy lifting weights. And if I can make a career out of it, make a living out of it, earn some money from it, then then that's what I want to do. So so we made that deal. Um, he gave me six months to, to see what I could do. So I, I posted as much content as I could, grew my following as much as I could, made as much money as I could, however I could. And um, and he was happy. So now I'm, I'm still here doing that. That's great that he gave you the chance to do that. and. Jordan Peterson has a quote of like, stick at something for a year and see what happens. Put all your time and attention into something and just see where it goes. And so I think, obviously it wasn't a year, but he gave you those six months to Mm. really work at something. And if it didn't work out, then there's always a job waiting for you in London. But it's so brilliant that it has worked out and you are where you are now. I think it's the, and if I did just go straight from uni into London, it's the, it would be the constant thought of what if, like what could have happened if I if I tried? Where could I be? You know, could I have been with Gymshark? Could I be with EHP? Could I be have my own coaching business? I, I would never have known, and that would have that would have eaten me up. That, yeah. I, would, I would have hated that. Was there a part of you that was scared it wasn't going to work out? Yeah, terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I I'm relying on me. Like I'm my own boss. There was nobody telling me what to do. There was nobody guiding. He- yeah, you. guiding me, helping me. Really, it, it was it was all down to me to. Uh, film the videos, edit the videos, post the videos, uh, engage with people, do all this sort of stuff. So it, it really was a one-man job. Um, obviously, I had help from friends and they would give advice and stuff, but it, it is really down to me. And if I wanted it to work, I had to put the time and effort into for it to work. 100%. And also, going back to your dad, I think there is a real generational difference there because I've obviously just started this podcast and my mom knows about podcasts, but she doesn't really 
get it she doesn't really understand it she's like so how could it be a job how could you monetize it and I think they're right to be a bit dubious because yeah the the online world is weird Mm. but there is a lot that can come from it as well I mean look at the amount of followers that you have like if you put all those people in one space that's a lot a lot of people that are engaging with you and then obviously brands then come in sponsors exactly so let's talk about that then Gymshark Mm -hmm. You're a sponsored athlete. Mm-hmm. How did that all come about? When did you start working with brands? Um, so first started working with brands, I, that was whilst, whilst I was at university. Like I said, a, a few small paid things when I really started to realise, okay, I can make some money out of TikTok, specifically social media, and and that's what, what drove me forward. <clears throat> Gymshark came about. Um, so they did their Lift Manchester event in at the start of April, and I went there with Sam because because James was there as an athlete, so he was doing meet and greets and all that sort of stuff. So me and me and Sam went. Sam was with sponsored by Gymshark at the time, and uh, I think oh, I'm not sure how many followers we had, maybe two hundred thousand followers each on TikTok at that point. Me and Sam, and and we went there, and the the um, amount of people who who came up to us, spoke to us, asked for photos was like mind blowing. Like I I couldn't believe just from posting a video or a TikTok every single day how m- many people resonate with that like that want to see that want to talk to you because of that and I, it, it completely blew my mind um and it was from there that Gymshark recognized that and and offered me the the sponsorship um so signed the contract literally probably a few weeks after that event uh, announced it in may and then yeah it's been been with Gymshark since since may yeah i saw you put on instagram i think it was when you announced it and you said this is a dream come true and i think i mean it is for a lot of people Gymshark as a brand in the fitness industry, I, I don't think there's anyone that's beating them. Like, they're huge. Yeah. And it's, I remember buying my cousin, like, this is probably like eight years ago now. He asked for a Gymshark clothes for Christmas. And it was this, like, stringer vest with the old school logo of, like, the shark. Yeah. And I hadn't really heard about it at that time. And then a couple of years later, I went to one of the events. And it's just grown and grown and grown. Yeah. And I think something that's also really great is just that community aspect. Yeah. And they look like a really great team of people yeah. to work with. Are you enjoying working yeah, with them? It's, it's so, so I've worked with a few companies in the past, and Gymshark is is second to second to none. That they're they're, yeah. they're incredible. Like I, I've said this before, but um, all the people who work at Gymshark want to work at Gymshark. They that their their lives are um, engulfed by Gymshark. Everything they do is working towards making the brand better, making the athletes better the, the sponsored athletes better um and yeah I, i've worked with other brands where the where the direction wasn't as good the, the people who worked for the company weren't as enthusiastic and it it affects you it affects how much effort you want to put into the company as well but when you see people at gymshark who are putting their life and soul into the company it makes you want to do the same and it it that's how you gra- gather a such a good um audience for gymshark and that's why they're, they're number one mm. and i can imagine as well as a content creator when you've got to make something for a brand you're not really feeling that enthusiastic about it. Probably the outcome isn't going to be that great. Yeah. Whereas I can tell that when you're doing like the clothing hauls and, you know, you're showing people the items of clothing and you're wearing it in the gym, like you, you, you can see your enthusiasm yeah. on your face. Like, I want to wear it. I want to post the videos. I want to make the content for them. Exactly. Yeah. This is actually Gymshark, but the logo's on the back. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I tried. I, I, know, I noticed when you came I in. Tried. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so obviously then you're creating fitness content. You're working with Gymshark your friends with people who are in the same industry being around so many different creators 
is there an element of comparison that you think comes in with that? And is it a good thing or is it a bit of a hindrance sometimes? Yeah, so this is, it's not so much the case now, but definitely a few months ago, I was really um, struggling with it because, so so I, I'm lucky to say that my, my closest friends are also people that I look up to in the fitness industry, you know, because they get the views, they get the followers, all this sort of stuff. So, so, I, so I'm lucky to be able to say that, um, you know, they inspire me kind of thing, which which is obviously what you want. But at the same time, they do inspire me. They, they do help me. I do look up to them. But because they are, most of them are ahead of me because they started a lot earlier than me, it does sort of um, make my head drop sometimes. And, and, I, and I, it's, it's that constant battle between, yes, they inspire me, but also, yes, they're ahead of me. So it's one day I'm like, yeah, um, I want to be like them. I'm going to post this. It's going to be really good. And the next day, because it didn't get as many views or because I didn't get as many followers, it's like, oh, I just, just got to keep trying. So it's like, it, it's constant back and forth. But like I said, it's not, not so much the case now because my following is getting there. Um, but definitely at the start, it was a it was a much bigger hindrance. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely that wave of fitness influencers that really grew in lockdown, like Anna Archer and James. Yeah. And I think you were a bit were you a bit later posting yeah, content? Yeah, much later. So much later. not saying you missed the wave, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it must feel like that a little bit. Yeah, it, it does. And it's annoying because if I started posting in lockdown, who knows where I could be now? Um, I was just doing stupid accent videos. Like, <laughs> I, I should have I been more I really want to um, see that. Yeah, you have, to, you have to scroll down quite far. But um, yeah, like it's, it's, it's always what if. It's like, it's that same thing I said. If I went to London and I didn't try it, where would I be? It's it's at least I did it when I, when I did it and I've not delayed it and delayed it and delayed it. Do you think there's a little bit of imposter syndrome with that? When you're in those spaces with these people? Um, again, not so much anymore because I feel like I've earned my place. Um, but definitely to start when, when my following was way lower and these guys still had hundreds of thousands and I was just will there in the corner trying to get my videos as well. Um, definitely felt like an imposter then for sure. But yeah, now now that's definitely less less of the case. Yeah, Mark Manson talks about this idea of identity lags reality by one to two years. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like me now still feels like me two years ago and you're always trying to play catch up. And so it's only really when you sit back and you reflect and you look at your own journey that you can then see how far you've come. Mm -hmm. And I think it is really important for people like yourself or anybody listening when you are comparing to people who are perhaps a bit more successful or you aspire to them in certain ways use that as a source of motivation to then improve yourself and I think ultimately at the end of the day like the only game you can win is being yourself like being the best version of you which Mm. kind of is what this podcast is about I I agree 100% (laughs) yeah okay so what motivates you I'm really intrigued by this idea of motivation because it ebbs and flows. Yeah. I think I've gone through periods where I'm motivated in different facets and then other times where it's just on the floor. And obviously you're someone that trains incredibly hard. You're also creating content. You've got your online coaching business. What keeps you going with all of that? That's a, that's a good question because motivation's a big one and, and I'm very big on not um, relying on motivation. So... Because, like, like I said in this in this previous podcast, motivation is not. Um, most days, my motivation is rock bottom because of everything you just said. Because I do, I have my own business. I have to film content, edit content, do all this sort of stuff, and then do my own training on top of that. Eat on top of that. Try and have a social life on top of that. It's draining. Um, but 
because I know it's getting me to where I want to be, that that's why I do it. So I don't rely so much on motivation rather than discipline and consistency. And I definitely think that was drilled into me at a young age because my dad made me do all this stuff because I was in Marines. I have that sort of mindset where I can just make a plan and, and stick to it. Um, but I think at the moment motivation is obviously there's the, there's the financial side, right? Everybody wants to make as much money as they can. So that's obviously a big factor to play. But I also feel like now because I have my business and because I have a, a platform, there's also a responsibility for me to uphold, you know, these values and the content I'm putting out and to be consistent and continue to provide information. Cause I get so many messages on, on social media, lovely messages about people who saying, you know, my videos are really helping. Um, it's inspired them to start their journey. They've lost loads of weight. They've gained muscle, blah, blah, blah. So, and that's, that's a great feeling when, when you read messages like that, it's like almost makes you want to cry. Um, so that, that's a big, a big part to play as yeah. well. I can understand why that would be a big driving force in why you do what you mm. do. And I think for someone that's not really engaged with your content all that much and they've maybe, I mean, before I did this podcast, I mentioned it to a friend. They were like, oh, I've seen him on TikTok. He, yeah, he chest pressed loads, wait. <laughs> and so people are going to have a certain idea of you. You know, they see the six pack, they see the um, muscles, whatever. But do you think that with that, there's a certain misconception that people might have about you? Um, I've never... Yeah, so that's sort of along the lines of social media and, and, and hate and all that sort of stuff. So, so I'm, I'm fortunate enough to not be in that position where I do receive a lot of negative attention on social media. But because of the kind of content I, I post, it's very lighthearted. It's very sort of funny but entertaining. And there's, there's not, I don't really give people a reason to be able to pick up on things and give me all this hate. Um, but yeah, I think that... Um, that you, you obviously get people who do completely lost my train of thought. People, <laughs> it's okay. Pe- yeah, yeah, people who do come at you and, and want to bring you down, but yeah, you just got to back it off and yeah. keep doing what you're doing. And I think that always comes from a place of slight insecurity mm-hmm. or envy perhaps, yeah. because you're not going to have people criticizing you who are doing better than you yeah. because it would be a waste of their time. And why would they want to then bring you down? So I think in that regard, you do just kind of have to bat it yeah. off and just keep doing what you're doing. I know we spoke about the start of your fitness journey as well, but I think it's also important for people to know you weren't always, you didn't come out the womb with a six pack of muscle and suddenly you just grew on TikTok. Yeah. I heard in the previous podcast that you were working in Costa and making drinks for people and that you didn't want to stay there. Yeah. I... I think that's very admirable and I also think it's really important that people realize where you came from mm-hmm. I guess we spoke about what drives you but you know when you were the person that making the coffee for somebody who's come in how, what was it in you that knew you wanted to do better that knew you were going to be more successful than that yeah so I've started work from like 15 years old so my first ever job was was a paper boy absolutely hated it it was in the deep dark depths of winter and it was like minus 10 degrees and I had to go throw papers at people's front doors <laughs> um obviously then it was the marines and then it was a lot of retail and, and hospitality kind of jobs so I was working in a clothes shop which I hated because I still couldn't fold clothes at that point and then the, the main one was was Costa Coffee I spent about three years there over my university years as well but um it's just I think doing so many of those kinds of jobs back to back to back just it, it grinds you down it's like you're 
it's it's essentially minimum wage you're working for and they're, they're trying to get the most out of you for that wa- minimum wage and and I, and I hated that i yeah like, like i said especially at costa people would come through in these massive fancy cars or, or business meetings suit and ties and you know latte flat white and i would be the one making the coffees but but i wanted to be in their position i wanted to be able to come in 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, sit down, have a coffee, drive a nice car through the drive-through, wh- whatever it was. So that really lit, lit a fire in me because I knew that I didn't want to be on that side of the of the counter. I wanted to be on the other side. Yeah, and there will be people listening that are doing those public facing mm. roles, and there might be people doing them and they love it and yeah. that's what they want to do. But my hunch is that someone's listening to a podcast about improving themselves and becoming a better version of themselves. Yeah. There's going to be something in them as well. There's going to be a fire burning yeah. there where they're then going to want to do more. For you, looking at the person pulling up in the Range Rover, was it was it the car? Was it the material thing? Or was it something else that made you want to I think, get there? Yeah, initially the material thing, because you see, you, you physically see the lifestyle. So you see the car, you see the nice watch, you see the beautiful wife, the designer sunglasses, whatever it is. And you're like, I want that. But then you reflect on it more. And obviously this wasn't a, I woke up one day, I saw that guy and I was like, right, get rid of Costa. It was obviously it it built up over time, but it was. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And obviously Costa is a very, is a very chatty service. So, so you get talking to these customers as well and you find out what they do. And, you know, I own this business. I, I do this. I do that. And it's like, wow, like... That's what I want to aspire to be. Like, yeah, obviously, Costa is a great job, especially when you're young and you're starting out. Like, the, the pay is decent and it's it's relatively easy compared to a labouring job, for example. Yeah. But um, because it is the same thing day in, day out, it, it does grind you down. And this, from personal experience, it it, it gr- grinded me down. Don't even know how, to say, <laughs> that's how you say it. Um, and it just made me realise that that it wasn't for me, and I was. I was I was destined for more and, and, and I, I just wanted to get out and do something else, do, I, do something for me. Yeah, I think that's okay. I mean, it's not to speak badly of those type of people yeah, in those all. jobs, but it's just that you are a certain type of person who aspires to more. And I've been in similar situations, worked since I was 15 in hospitality. And during lockdown, I worked in a call centre for Waitrose Customer Services, yeah. which was as fun as you can yeah. imagine. And I remember one guy just saying to me, you're not going to stay here, are you? Like, you can't stay here. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but I just think I managed to get promoted to a higher level in that job. But he clearly saw something in me and knew that I wasn't going to stay in that job for a long amount of time. He was kind of saying, you need to do something more. And there are people like that. And I think it's it's 
I hope people listen to it and feel motivated now. Yeah. Looking at you, you've got your business, you've got accrued a lot of followers on social media, but you used to be someone pouring coffee in Costa Coffee. Yeah, I, I think that's where motivation does actually come into it. Motivation is that initial sort of drive, that initial boost to to propel you to where you want to be. But that when that starts to become the norm, that motivation phase, which is when you do have to rely on discipline and consistency to keep you moving in that direction, to keep you going to where you want to be. But motivation is that initial like burst of adrenaline. It's like, right, I'm going to leave Costa and I'm going to go and do this. But if you rely on it, it, it will fade over time yeah. as, as it becomes more normalized. I remember someone saying, talking about a similar thing in um, athletes and they were saying, you can have someone that's talented and you know, like a child prodigy, but actually it's the people that are willing to do the boring hard shit every single yeah. day that are the successful ones. Achievers. And it's not always going to be, I mean, it looks, if you look at your like TikTok profile or Instagram, it's like, oh, he's having such a fun time. He's just laughing with his mates in the gym. Mm. And I'm sure that's a big part of it. But there's also a part of it that's probably just you sat down at a desk. People don't see. Yeah. Tapping away and editing yeah. for hours. Yeah. And that's probably not the best part of no, the no, job. No, definitely not. But again, it's what you have to do to, to, get to this level to to be able to grow a following to be able to get good views on on social media is you have to put in that time behind closed doors where nobody sees you where you're not getting any likes or attraction or attention um it's like 90% behind closed doors 10% on on display yeah That's the sort of yeah 100% and we only see the highlight reel exactly. So it wouldn't be very, in- I mean, people do like study with me's and things, yeah, but it wouldn't exactly. be very to interesting watch exactly, yeah. to watch all of that. So now that you have accrued quite a lot of followers, like 25K on Instagram, 300K on TikTok, how does that feel knowing that there's that many people that are viewing your content, engaging with your content? Yeah, it, it, it is crazy. Obviously, day to day, I don't think about it too much, but I do have moments where I sit down and I'm like, 300,000 people, like that could fill out Wembley like five times or, or something like that. And I'm like, I'm like that, that is crazy. And then videos that go viral and they get one, two, three, four, five million views. It's like, that's when you, when you put it into perspective, like it is absolutely crazy. And, and I, I try my best not to normalize that because I do enjoy seeing those numbers go up. And I do enjoy thinking about how many people are watching, consuming, learning from my content. Um, but yeah, bottom line is it, it is a good feeling. No, no matter how big, big you are, even your first video, first video on TikTok that gets 10,000 views, you're like, Oh my God, 10,000 views is crazy. Like that's, that's a small town or something like that. And, and, but yeah. Yeah. I posted a video of my friend singing Lewis Capaldi and it got 4 million views mm. and I just couldn't believe it. And we, I wasn't even doing anything in the video. I'm just the person behind the camera, yeah. but seeing all these likes and comments coming in and then I amassed like 40 K on TikTok, literally yeah. <laughs> didn't do anything, yeah. but that's crazy. It's like half of London. Yeah. I mean, the it. virality of social media now is just wild for you creating content what's like what's the motivation behind the content that you create i know that some stuff is quite funny it's like comical and then other stuff is telling people how to bench press correctly yeah. i think so now because i have my coaching business a lot of my content is loosely based around that you know obviously i want to sign people up i want to help people change their their physique and stuff so the the main sort of content I put out is of course TikTok because that's my biggest platform it's a lot of these mic'd up videos I have the microphone on and most of the time it is sort of funny and, and entertaining stuff with, with the serious undertone of you know this is what I'm doing in the gym this is how you should do it and you know I can help you and all this sort of stuff so that's that's really what it focuses around but I, I try and get the balance because if it's purely entertainment and it's purely funny people 
think you're a jokester and they don't take you seriously. If it's all informative and no personality, people get bored of you and they don't want to watch you. So it's finding that balance, um, which I think I'm, I'm, I've managed to do, um, which has ultimately led me to growing this coaching business to to help me to be where I am now. Yeah, that must be quite tricky, actually. And I've followed Fitness Influence before. And I don't know, it's like a girl that looks good. But then all she posts is just her protein oats every morning. Same thing every day. And, Here's and, my protein shake. Here's a picture of my ass. And then I'm like, this is kind of boring. I'm going to unfollow and now. Zero personality as yeah, well. Yeah, nothing. I mean, you look great. But I think that's, it's tricky now because I think a lot of people are starting fitness Instagrams or social media pages because they've been on their own fitness journey. But you've also got to provide some sort of quality value. and value to people, mm. exactly, which is, I think, something that you do really well. It's funny, actually, because when I first came across your social media, it was mainly videos of you training with girls in the gym, like yeah. different girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the comments would be like, oh, different girl today. Yeah. Do you find that when you're posting stuff in similar videos, you kind of shoebox yourself a little bit? Or do people like expect a certain type of video from you and then actually you're trying to transition away from that? Yeah, people, I'm at the point now, especially where people know what to expect from my videos. So they know it's going to make them laugh. They know it's going to be a few minutes long and they know there's going to be some ridiculous weight thrown up or some funny comments or whatever. But yeah, there was a point, like like I said, where I was training with a lot of these girls um, and it was it was always in a very professional manner just want to put that out there this guy's yeah, dream yeah. people people would assume that I was you know sleeping with all these girls and doing whatever which which wasn't the case I just knew that having that boy girl uh connection or, or relationship on on a video did well because like sex sells even though it wasn't, wasn't sex but it was that it was that sort of chemistry yeah. that sells yeah um so yeah so, so that was a big part of my content for, for quite a while but um you know people were coming up to me and they, and they knew me as the as the the coach with Riz or the the the, the gym bro with Riz and and, pe- and like I had young lads actually coming up to me or messaging me like how do you do it how do you talk to girls how are you so confident I'm like this is not what I want to be known for I'm not a dating expert like I just post gym <laughs> well, videos gym videos with girls yeah like I literally just talk to them like like they're a friend like there's it's, it's nothing more than that um so I've I've distanced myself from that a little bit because that that grew my following a lot mm. and, and, the, and the views did well there but I didn't want to be known as that that guy I want to be known as Will not Will who talks to all these girls and sure yeah and I can imagine it is frustrating because so James and Anna have been creating a lot of content together mm. for anyone that doesn't know two social media influencers both Gymshark athletes and their chemistry on on camera or whatever is so good I mean yeah. they're funny together mm. clearly they get along so well but I've now noticed that if Anna posts a video it's like where's James mm. James posts a video it's like where's Anna and now it's almost like they can't do anything separately Without each other. and I don't know. I, I can't speak for them, but people definitely want a certain thing yeah. out of the people that they follow. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes if you can't produce that content, it must be a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Well, I've been, I'm not sure if you've seen on TikTok, I've been doing this dating series. Yes. Um, which has been going stupidly viral. I think I've done five videos and it's had over 12 million views but, wow. between them. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's sort of, again, some of the James and I think it's, it's a sort of storyline and, and people like a storyline. And when I post my normal gym videos in between these date videos the comments just date updates where is it where, where is she who is she what's where's the update what's next and i'm like right so now all people know me for is this date update thing so I, so i have to play on that but again that's not what i solely want to be known for so it's again trying to find the balance it is obviously difficult sometimes but if if people are demanding this stuff from you then then you know what to give them but it's also you don't want to be known solely for that yeah and it must be tricky when the date videos are going so viral mm. Why do you think that is? 
honestly couldn't tell you. Like I, you know, I have 300,000 followers and they were getting two, three, four million views. Yeah. So people way who have ne- probably never seen me before who were engaging with it. Um, I think it's just a story. Like I said before, it, it's that boy girl thing. People, people love it. Love it. It's like um, a fairy tale thing. Everybody wants to find their, their dream boy, their dream girl, that kind yeah. of thing. So following me in, in my dating journey, obviously will resonate with a lot of people because everybody goes through dating dates and relationships, etc. Um, a bit of excitement, a bit of mystery. I've, I've not revealed who it is. Uh, I'm doing this on a date. I'm wearing this. People just, people just love it. They, they, they just gravitate towards it. Loads of the comments are like, best series on TikTok, better than anything <laughs> on Netflix. And I was like, wow, like people really like this because they were like five minute videos. Each video was a long video as well. So, and, and the viewer retention was ridiculous. People sat through the whole video and I was like, that is crazy. Do you know what I think it is? Is it's relatable? Yeah. Obviously people can relate to their your gym content if they train in the mm-hmm. gym, but if they aren't really in that space they've probably been on dates before where they felt really nervous and actually it's really as a viewer it's nice to see someone like yourself who I guess in a gym setting looks quite confident looks quite intimidating to see you like stressing out in a hotel room over like what you're going to wear for a date and I think brings out the human side it does exactly and it's nice for people then to like get to know you and see that side of you as well just moving on from that but on a similar vein talk to me about the sidemen video that's Ooh, been doing the rounds yeah. how was that experience that was a that was a that was a crazy experience like one that you know again you can only dream of um, actually for anyone that doesn't know what like what's the series that they do so yeah if you if you're not familiar with the sidemen that they do this uh video series called 20 versus one and it's essentially they get this one famous person in a celebrity uh guy or girl and then they'll get 20 people of the opposite sex and it's basically like a like a speed dating round, and there's three different rounds, and you know you have to get through to the final round, and it's that kind of thing. So it's a dating thing with a, with a big celebrity. The the one that we had was I don't know how you say her surname, Tana Monju, some something like that, some like American OnlyFans probably porn star, something like that. Adult um, actress. Adult actress. There we go. Adult entertainment <laughs> industry. Um, and yeah, that that, was, it, that came out of nowhere. So so a friend of mine recommended me for it because um, she knew the agency or, or whatever so they, they accepted me I went to it literally the next week and yeah that was that was surreal um, the, the response I got from it I mean they stitched you up they, they, they stitched slightly. me up I'm time. guessing it you're was, not taking your shirt off on every first date you go no no that was very scripted that bit I, I didn't want to do that That they, they asked me to for the clip and I was like oh, okay so, so I did it anyway blah 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 but the, the, the response I got from that was yeah, I, I was initially going to say great but it wasn't great at all like I that single video and and the few clips I posted on TikTok never received so much hate in my life actual sort of death threats in my DMs like it was embarrassing that you took your top off you should kill yourself um you should you should delete all your social media it's 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 all this and I was like oh my god I'm very thick-skinned so I just brushed it off I I didn't care but I was like the fact that people would message me telling me to end my life to delete my career to start all over again because I took my top off in a funny light-hearted video was nuts um obviously there was a lot of positive reactions but people found it funny and stuff but the 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 hate was was significantly larger than i ever have ever had before from a video i'm surprised you were met with so much resistance vitriol from from like what's meant to be quite like a funny light-hearted video it was crazy do you think you'll do more things like that in the future or are you yeah i I would hope so obviously i've got the contacts there now with with the sidemen i speak to ethan who's also with gymshark um so that's good. So I'm sort of I'm, I'm in, in there with him. Um, obviously, I met them all, and then yeah, hopefully more more big things like that will will come along the way. Fingers crossed. Touchwood. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, 
obviously this podcast is called the personal best podcast mm. do you feel like the best version of yourself right now or is there more room for growth do you think I think there's always more room for growth. I, I don't think I'll ever be the best version of myself because then I, I've got nothing to sort of work towards. Um, th- this this thing I constantly say to myself is I'm I'm obviously proud of where I am and I'm, I've got this business, I've grown this platform, I'm with Gymshark, I'm proud of that, but I'm not satisfied with that because the day I become satisfied is the day I will stop putting in the work, putting in the hours, putting in the effort. So, and and, and it's, a, it's a, like I said before, it's a, it's a good and a bad thing with me that I always do want more. So I do want to to earn more. I do want more followers. I do want this. I do want that. So I think that that is the motivation inside me. That's the initial, my initial reaction to that. It's the same thing at Costa. It's that motivation to want more. I just always want more. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I've been thinking about recently as well, because kind of the motive behind starting this podcast was, well, originally I tried to do a fitness Instagram realized I didn't really have anything new to add to an already saturated market. Like I'm not an expert in anything. I didn't really have anything new to share. So I thought, well, why not try and start a podcast where I'm learning from other people and learning from their expertise. And in turn, I can hopefully better myself and then help other people do the same. But with that, I kind of had to sit back and think, where does this desire to improve myself come from? Is it from a place of insufficiency? Because I think it's very easy to constantly want to better yourself because you're not happy with who you are currently because you're almost like papering papering over the cracks. It's like, well, I'll just keep going to the gym, I'll keep doing this and one day I'll arrive at some destination and I'll be happy with myself. So how do you kind of, I know you've said that you're happy with where you are right now. How do you kind of keep the drive going whilst feeling like you're enough at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's obviously a hard one because d- deep down everyone's got insecurities and, and vulnerabilities that they, they they might know what they are and they might not know what they are. For, for me, I don't think I know what they are. I, I don't know what is, is still driving me to to want to do more, to want to have more, to want to be more. Um, I just know I want it. Th- 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 there will be something in the background, like I say, because everybody has something. Um I'm yet to work that out. Maybe I need to do some, you know, self-reflection or, or, or self-analysis to work out really what is driving me and, and really what it is I do want to achieve and get out of life. But um, yeah, for now, I just know that I, I want to do more and need to do more. Yeah. Again, I keep referring to the same people. Mark Manson mm. has um, his kind of guidebook for happiness is three questions. And he's like, what are you working on? Who are you spending time with? And how are you taking care of your body? Mm. And I think they're really good things to check in with whenever you're, you know, doubting yourself or you're kind of questioning, like, where am I going with things like that? And so looking at those three things, what's next in store for you in terms of gym, in terms of business, coaching, growing your circle? Yeah, I think, well, the the circle point is I've I've never had, had a big circle and I like having a small circle because I... I like to know who I can talk to, who I can trust, and 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 that's that's how I've always been. Um, so I, so I speak to a very small group of people. Um, but in terms of yeah, what's next and stuff, it it, it literally is a case of me, two point times ten. Like I want more clients, a bigger business, a uh, bigger contract with Gymshark, more followers, more likes. You know, just everything now accelerated because, like I said, I, I'm happy with what I've created now. But if I can, in a year's time, double everything. Perfect. And then the next year, double it again and double it again because it'll be constant. That's, that's, 
the sort of path journey road I'm, I'm going yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, my mum did this kind of like therapy thing and the guy who was doing the talk said, it's almost like you need to envisage yourself and the person that you want to be and then like backtrack from there. And it's like, okay, what would I have needed to do in a year's time Together. to make myself proud? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really great that you you can see the vision, you know where you're going, yeah. and you're almost like laser focused on that. Yeah. And I know that you did a caption on a pitch that was like, there will be, pardon the pun, <laughs> even bigger things to come in the future that I can promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really great that you're still driving towards something yeah. and you're not you're not suddenly complacent because mm-hmm. you've suddenly got all these followers. Yeah. And I think as well, just going back to the online coaching business, that's a very selfless thing to do because you're working out in the gym, you're making your progress, but you're also helping other people do the same. Yeah. Are you enjoying yeah, yeah. seeing like, that? Like it, it just made sense. Like I, if I've got nine years of weightlifting and fitness experience, then why would I not? A, want to help other people and B, capitalise on that knowledge I have. So, yeah, I've worked with hundreds of clients who have come to me and because I've been through everything, you know, fitness in the Marines, bodybuilding, gymnastics, martial arts, I've done so many different types of fitness. I have such a broad knowledge and a good knowledge of how to get you from A to B, how to help you lose weight, how to help you lose 20 kilos, how to gain muscle, how to improve your bench press, whatever it is. Um, so, so I feel like because I have that knowledge, then it, it, it made sense for me to to do that. And obviously that is my business now. That's my my biggest form of income, um, which is obviously what I spend most of my time on. Um, and yeah, it, it, of course, it's a good feeling when, you know, you, you check in with your clients every single week and you see them losing weight or you see them getting stronger in the gym. It's like it, it, it gives me the motivation as well to want to do it more, to help more people, to, to help them more to, to achieve their goals. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do enjoy it. Yeah. Do you feel ever feel a certain pressure... Because I guess um, as a PT, but also as a presence online, to stay in, you know, peak physical shape, do you feel like you're kind of upheld to a certain standard now? Yeah, like I, I have to be in the best shape I can at all times. That's that's what I tell myself now. So, um, yeah, because, because I, I'm essentially selling me as what I've built over the last nine years in the gym. So... I could have all this knowledge still, but if I don't have the physique to go with that, are people going to believe me? Are people going to trust me? Are people going to be like, oh, well, he knows his stuff, but why doesn't he look like that then? So it's, yeah, it's very important that I have the physique to, to back up back up my bullshit, if that's what you want to say. I know it's a common phrase. Um, and yeah, people see that. People feel confident with that. People know that, okay, you've done it, so he can help me do it. He knows what to do. And it's just a, it's a more smooth sailing process. Yeah, I think you do have to practice what you preach. Mm. And might be a bit of a controversial thing to say, but sometimes I see PTs who aren't in great shape and they're hiring clients. And I think, well, if you aren't doing the work, mm. how are you going to motivate me to? Like, yeah. how. If, if your client's in better shape than you, yeah, then be the something's other way going yeah, yeah. wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's really great that you have that business going on the side as well. So, something I just want to close on, which I'm asking all of my guests, is if you had to give one piece of advice or a quote or a mantra to help people feel their personal best, what would it be? So, um, lots been listening to lots of Alex Hormozy and he is someone who has been resonating with me a lot. I've listened to so many podcasts over the, over the last six months, I've really got into my podcast and he is someone that has resonated with me a lot and he has so many sort of good phrases and, and one-liners and I just think, wow, like everything he says, I'm like, okay, he, yeah. he knows what he's talking about. And, and the big thing for me that I, I, 
I've almost been thinking about daily is he talks about the, the journey and the destination. So he talks about um, the, the destination in life is ultimately death. And it's, it's very morbid, but it's, it's, where we all end yeah, yeah, it's, it's essentially it's true. And he said, look, if, if, if you're so hung up on the destination, not knowing it's death, you, you know what your end goal is. That can affect your, your journey, if that makes sense. So because you're not where you want to be, it, it affects your mood, it affects your life, it affects your, your journey, you have a poor journey. You have to focus on having a good journey. You, you want to enjoy your life because that's all you really have at the end of the day. If the destination is death, what's the point of focusing on that? Enjoy the journey. Do as much as you can that excites you. Do as much as you can that challenges you. Enjoy as much of it as you can. Of course, work hard, but reap the rewards as well. Um, and, and that's something that I tell myself quite quite frequently because if I'm if I'm not enjoying the journey, then I'm not doing the right thing and I'm not living a good, fulfilled life. And what's the point? I love that. Yeah, he's so wise. Yeah. I listened to the Modern Wisdom episode and I just, everything he said, I was just like... Jaw dropped. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and something else that he said, which is similar to that, is something like his worst fear is getting to the end of his life and realising he could have done more mm-hmm. and that there was something left on the table. Yeah. And that applies to all aspects of yeah. life, whether it's, you know, obviously we're all have different privileges and we're all from different backgrounds. And I think that's something to be mindful of. But at the same time, there's so much that we can do as individuals to better ourselves, whether that's, you know, being healthy, improving our relationships, mm-hmm. working hard at something and I think it's really difficult when we've almost been fed a script of how we should live our lives. Yeah. I don't know about you, but obviously we're like similar age and it was school, sick form, sick form, you apply to uni. I've got one more year, le- one more year left of my degree and I know that this time next year it's going to be applying for jobs. And then, okay, I'm in that nine to five corporate lifestyle. And for some people, brilliant, that's mm. what they want to do. But I think just from what you're saying there, if we all know that we're all going to end up in the graveyard at some point, why would you not want to live life the way you want to live life? Explore other avenues. Why would you commit yourself to a nine to five that you might not really like when you know you have a passion in fitness or music or acting or whatever it is? Why would you not give yourself the, the chance to, to pursue that? Because you never know what could happen. Like, like you said before, if you do that for a year, who knows where you could be? Yeah, and you've done that and that's very commendable. Mm. And I hope that people listening to this really understand the reasons why you're doing it. And I hope they see your success and they're motivated by that. Um, And so I think this conversation as well has kind of, it allows you to talk deeper about things, which is why I like podcasts, because people are going to see your TikTok, they're going to see your Instagram, and they only get a snippet of who you actually Mm -hmm. are, which is why it's nice to have this longer form conversation You know, I've been following your content. I think it's funny, it's entertaining, it's motivating, it's inspiring. But I think today I've really understood the reasons why you do what you do. And I think you're humble but hungry. And I think that's the best way to be. So kudos to you. Thank Thank you you so much much for today. I've really enjoyed it. Good. And uh, all the best. Thank you. Once again, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation just as much as I did. Something I forgot to mention in the podcast is where you can find Will on social media, so I'll leave it all linked below. And you can also use his code WILLB to get some money off at Gymshark. Anyway, I will see you next week for another exciting episode. Bye for now.
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.